why hello there everyone welcome back to the podcast a day after one of the episodes has gone out because of course nintendo announced a nintendo direct and it happened today uh which we thought would be good to jump on and give you our thoughts on however things are busy uh it's very difficult for bally to record in the evening because of that child what he got uh so uh, he's going to do a little bit of his solo reactions and i'm also going to do a bit of my solo reactions i'm going to make him into a big sandwich of a podcast shove them all together uh, and give you this here um yeah ideally we'd want to do this together but again timing doesn't work out so we're gonna try and get you a bit hot off the press's thoughts because i thought this direct was pretty damn great uh, and we didn't want to wait two weeks to give you our opinions and i'm sure we'll get back together and discuss it in the future but um but yeah for now we're just going to give you our thoughts on the nintendo direct separately so i'm going to hand over to bally uh, and then i'll come back to me afterwards because i'll probably take a bit longer than him to chat through things but here you go Let's get into it. Well, I thought that was probably one of the strongest Nintendo Directs in a very long time. I think that this summer was weird where we had that big gap and everyone was saying, oh, there's no news. But even though there was no news and there was a big gap, I still think Nintendo have and uh, like have had a stacked 2022 and this winter autumn season fall season was already looking really stacked and now I was always wondering right what are they going to do for 2023 because we basically knew nothing about 2023 other than yeah Zelda's coming and I think now this direct has put in a good few pillars in for next year and made us like hyped about the stuff that is still coming this year and I thought there's like a load of TNL focused announcements. Like I think there's announcements in there that are very geared towards me and MBZ. And I think overall that was just some really exciting announcements, to be honest. Right, let's get to it. Kingdom of Tears. The Legend of Zelda Kingdom of Tears, I should say. Boop. Hello, editing enemy Z here. Um, I just caught this at the start, but uh, it's called Tears of the Kingdom. So I don't know if Bali calls it Kingdom of Tears the whole time, but I just thought i'd mention it's tears of the kingdom so you don't all go insane if he continues to call it kingdom of tears the whole time to be fair i kept calling it breath of the wild 2 in my segment so i can't talk shit but also i don't know nintendo maybe get a bad name for your zelda game anyway back to the show um i saw some speculation that like this game name might have been some of the reason that the nintendo did that weird announcement with the uk and the queen's death there's like kingdom of tears united kingdom of tears is that a reference to the queen like i i don't know i think that's very strange certainly if that was the reason then nintendo and their luck with world events between this and like advance wars reboot camp being delayed because there was a war there is a ongoing war between ukraine and russia like their luck and those naming conventions are just ridiculous like for the queen to die just as they want to announce the kingdom of tears <laughs> maybe i'm just associating everything with the uk when it has nothing to do with the uk obviously but like that it, like that timing just feels really strange um and yeah i can see why they were maybe concerned because it's actually really easy to offend people in the uk about the royal family as i think a lot of republicans in this country are currently learning so <laughs> that was an interesting name i like the name generally because why is there a kingdom of tears? What's happened? Why is who's upset? What's happened? You know what? Like it's it's got a real Empire Strikes Back vibe to it. You know, like it's like negative. It's dark. Like something something bad has happened or is going to happen. You know, like this isn't just oh Breath of the Wild, love and roses and recovering from an apocalypse kind of positive note. This is like 
shit's gone down. Something's happening. I'm excited. I think May 12th is, well, first of all, that's two days before my birthday, which is very exciting. That's really soon, I think. I, if they hit that date, I'll be really impressed. But the other thing of that date means even if they do get a delay, I'm pretty confident this game will come out in 2023. And that makes me very happy because even if this is summer or fall or even holiday 2023, that is still sooner than part of my brain was thinking this game might actually come out. I was genuinely thinking, yeah, this is probably still going to be 2024. And I was convinced that if we didn't see anything in this direct and there was a good chance we probably wouldn't have seen anything about it at, say, the Game Awards or something, because that was traditionally something that Breath of the Wild kept appearing at, which was interesting. So the fact this appeared here is really, really exciting, and I'm happy. Um, I, Link was riding some sort of stone metal bird thing, so like, it's still obviously like this huge emphasis on verticality and these floating islands, and, you know, we're, in the, we're still in the sky, and, you know, I don't know what's going on. I really want to know what's going on. They've got me hooked. And that's, what I guess, what they're trying to do with these trailers. Like, what's going on? Is everything exploding? Is everything coming together? Is it going up? Is it going... Who knows? doesn't really matter, but we'll find out soon. I think the intro was interesting as well, where it seemed like it was some sort of Bokoblin god. Like, it was... Normally, I thought the Bokoblins worshipped, you know, Ganondorf, or they were, like, under him, you know, and, you know, that were, like, Pig Ganon, right? But that god definitely looked like... And when I say God, it's like it was in, it's like a picture of it, like on a slate or something. So like, was that a some Bokoblin God they were praying to in the, in the image or is that some other big bad? I mean, if this game definitely has vibes like Ganondorf's coming back in some capacity anyway. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But overall, like really cool Zelda is actually happening. It's looking incredible. I think the name is really dark and interesting and I'm very happy and yeah what a great great um piece to like finish the direct on octopath traveler wow octopath octopath traveler 2 i should say february 24th 2023 like square enix just love to pump those games out it's like it's like they've now got like this hd 2d machine and it is just going because this year we've had triangle strategy uh we've had live alive uh, there's obviously dragon quest 3 in the works and i guess that game might come out next year we'll see uh and now yeah octopath traveler 2 not coming like second quarter third quarter fall holiday like february february 24th 2020 that is so soon like i've got to try and beat that game before zelda comes out that's gonna be really hard um i think it looks great you know more industrial kind of steampunkish vibes i really i've still got like really heavy lighting and bloom um i think live live looked better than octopath traveler but i can see the octopath for what it's going for Maybe these visuals do look better than the first game. I'd need to put them side by side. But I think certainly the locations and the kind of industrial sense of everything going on is more interesting than that kind of Octopath, which is a lot more kind of true fantasy. This is a lot more next stage fantasy. I don't know what you'd even call it. Steampunk fantasy, you know, Final Fantasy VII remake kind of stuff. I don't know. That kind of like steampunkish style I was pretty happy with. Um, I must admit, I think MBZ will be concerned that there's not a ton to suggest the structure will be different to the first game, which was his big issue. Um, I certainly think they mentioned that there was going to be some character 
uh, crossover. I think they did that with the first game, though, so it's hard to tell if that's just the same very low-level thing or whether there will be more fundamental ways the characters come together. And when I say characters come together, I mean in the main game. I don't mean the level 70. They all come together for the big bad at the very, very end of the first game because it's all hidden behind stuff, and I never did that ending. I did the eight endings of the eight main characters, and... I think this game was probably going to follow a similar structure. And that's hard to see because as much as I disagree with MBZ, it dragged the game down for him. It bugged me about the game. I still think it's a fantastic game. This is my favorite JRPG of all time. I absolutely love the first game, the fighting mechanics, the music, the the boss fights. I did enjoy the individual stories. And this game clearly has like eight new characters, eight new individual stories. Like, what if you what if you unlock the characters from the first game and then you have like 16 characters? Is that what they're going to do? I don't know. I don't think there any... Is there going to be any reference to the first game? Is this in a different world? I need to rewatch the trailer. These are just my first impressions. Uh, but regardless, I'm damn excited for this game. I absolutely love the first game. This game is doing everything the first game was doing. I'd like to see them maybe try and improve on some of the ways that the characters cross over, but i don't know i think octopath one sold very well why would they change the formula you know like as much as there are fair criticisms criticisms with that game it's like right but it sold really well why would you change it why would you risk it so yeah octopath traveler i'm pumped that's so cool that, that second game's coming so soon I, I say so soon 2023 i think the first game was 2018 so i guess it has been five years but still i'm i'm happy about that one pikmin 4 my initial impression was why are we talking about pikmin bloom didn't this game come out like two years i mean i remember it was like the middle of the pandemic i swear i was like walking around with caroline doing my pikmin bloom steps i barely got into it i must have scratched this, the surface of that game just kind of doing the the i can't remember how that game works like you're growing pikmin I, anyway i didn't much care for that game whatever i have no idea why they were talking about this game that's old um I imagine investors were like, mobile games are important. They must be referenced in the Nintendo Direct going globally uh, with the UK delayed an hour, uh, going globally and we've got to talk about mobile games. So I guess Nintendo were like, well, the only mobile game we've got on the go really that we want to shout about is potentially like this game that came out a year and a half, two years ago and we've not got anything new we want to show off yet. So I guess we could talk about Pikmin Bloom. Oh, and by the way, we're launching Pikmin 4. Why don't we tie the two together and just plug that game that people seem to have enjoyed Pikmin Bloom. I don't know, whatever. It was a really weird to have um, so much chat about Pikmin Bloom. But whatever, it, it was there. I didn't mind because eventually... We got a reveal. I say a reveal. What is it? What is it? A, reveal? a logo reveal. A logo reveal. A logo reveal for Pikmin Four. Um, it's always concerning when a game is revealed and they say it's going to come around the corner because I think twenty twenty three is pretty much around the corner. Um, I guess it's like a year away, half a year away, whatever. But I do, it doesn't fill me with confidence when games are announced with no gameplay. Right? Like. <laughs> It's this amorphous kind of thing that the games industry has got to. And to Nintendo's credit, they don't do it often. They do it with their big stuff. And when I say big stuff, they did it with Zelda. They've done it with Metroid Prime 4. Apparently, Pikmin's now in a similar echelon to have a logo reveal. And when I say logo reveal, I guess there was like 
a vista with one like bulb or whatever you call them from pikmin just kind of chilling out and it was it looked good like it's this you can tell they're getting more juice out of the switch i'd make that point on zelda as well like they're clearly getting more juice out of the switch and it's like games are still looking good even if they're not running at 60 fps you know they are looking good for what they are and from what we i say what we saw of pikmin for like we didn't see anything i'm just saying but the little scene we saw looked pretty good and we got that big four reveal. It's like, yay, Pikmin 4 coming 2023. I'm very excited. I loved Pikmin 3. I didn't play the re-release on Switch, but that original game on Wii U was fantastic. And more people need to play Pikmin. And I'm very happy Pikmin 4 is coming. I, I'm interested how the controls will work. Um, I hope they can do... Because I basically use like Wiimote and Nunchuck with the Wii U gamepad on my lap. And on my lap was like the map. And you could like point your um, your teammates on your ship to like go to different points. And you could have three people doing three different things at once. And it all felt very managerial and great. And I loved it. So I hope they managed that well with the Switch um, hardware. And I, I didn't fully look into how all that stuff worked with Pikmin 3 with the re-release. But um I heard good things. I think that game, if you haven't played that game, you should definitely give it a go on Switch. Um, but yeah, Pikmin, Pikmin 3. Pikmin 4, very excited for. Um, I, it's nice to see that it's finally here. Like, but this was the game that Miyamoto claimed, was it like seven years ago at this point or something, that it was like in the works. And so I presume that project got trashed and um, this is a new game. Uh, judging by how little we've seen of this new game, if they'd been working on it that long, you'd think we we could see something more but whatever i'm excited pikmin 4 is back let's hit, let's have some pikmin nintendo 64 switch online like i have been a little i've been i've been happy with the switch online generally i think n64 is definitely the one i've engaged with the most uh between uh you know playing like a little bit of mario kart with mbz and i played mario golf 64 earlier this year proving to myself that that is still the best mario golf game and i was very happy about that played some mario tennis you know like i've been playing a lot more of the n64 switch online than the other switch online consoles and me and mbz have been saying like oh it'd be good if you know we could play some pokemon stadium because Pokemon Stadium was like the game that it was the, the main reason NBZ would come to my house when I was younger. Like, at Pokemon Stadium was the game growing up, where sure, we were very into the Game Boy games, we loved them, but we would like edit our bedrooms in our in our gold and silver games and use the infrared of the game boy color to trade mystery gift to receive different furniture sets that you would then get a giant snorlax that sat in your room a giant lapper like we did all that and that you could link that up to pokemon stadium 2 and then see your bedroom in 3d and it was amazing and so me and mbz have been like we really want pokemon stadium to come to the Nintendo Switch Online, mainly so we can do a live stream and check take on the Elite Four, because I think A, that would make a great live stream, B, it would be a lot of fun, C, it would be incredibly nostalgic and just great, um, and the fact that Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 are coming definitely guarantees I'm keen to do those streams. Let's take on the Elite Four, on top of the fact that it's basically got a whole Mario Party mini game set of mini games within it, where Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 both have very strong mini games in my opinion i think two's mini games are stronger and they've got a couple more modes but like there's a lot of fun to be had with those two games and a lot of nostalgia so i'm so happy pokemon stadium's coming again mario party i could like cherry pick the remaining n64 games i'd like to see come to switch online 
and it it would basically be literally be this list i'm not even kidding like mario party me and mbz got in at the gamecube level for mario party so we you know we we played four five and six especially four like mario party four so being able to but we would play like one two and three occasionally at like a friend's house but finally being able to play these online with each other we could put like a couple of bots or we could get a couple of community members to to join us and we'd love to just play some some mario party because god that game is mario party is fantastic i i've not played a ton of the n64 games and i'd love to dive into those mini games and check them out especially as all this is like included in the already existing uh price that we've paid for for the year so like that's just great stuff pilot wings another game where i love 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 pilot wings resort which was a launch game for the 3ds um in europe it was in europe i think it was also launched in north america i could be wrong on that either way it did come out eventually but pilot wings resort is a severely underrated game love that game always been interested in like the snes and the n64 games so i'd love to give the n64 one a go i'll admit it looks a bit rough but that was kind of my preconception going into playing a game like Wave Race 64. And that game turned out to be phenomenal and has aged incredibly well. So I'd like to give some Pilot Wings a go. 1080, kind of in the same ballpark kind of game as a Wave Race. I owned that game actually on my N64. I, I should say I owned the Pokemon Stadiums. I owned 1080. Um, I didn't own any of the Mario Parties. So they'll be fun to get to. Uh, but yeah, 1080, I never loved it. Uh, growing up but it's a cool snowboarding game this is when nintendo were actually into real life sport games you know with like jet skis and snowboards and and you know like excite bike as well was kind of semi-realistic right um with those physics and what it looked like so yeah i'd, I'd like to play 1080 and then goldeneye um i'm not actually that hyped for this one um i owned goldeneye i've gone back a couple of times um I think people. I think that's one of the most overrated games ever. Like I took when I, hold your horses, people. But I think that when it came out, it was a huge deal, huge deal multiplayer. But then I think the the, the first person shooter genre, especially on console, is something that has just completely evolved to the point where Halo completely superseded GoldenEye historically. And now to this day, you've got overwatch and halo and fortnite and like there's all the i know fortnite's not fps but like there's all these other shooters that are just play so much better and the idea that goldeneye from 1990 what is it seven eight is going to come along and people are going to enjoy it sure if people want their nostalgia trip they can go for it but i argue that these other other nostalgic games that me and mbz are hyped for are actually a bit better than GoldenEye, but um, yeah. So I, I think there was also an announcement that it's going to come to Xbox, and it'll be on Game Pass, um, and it'll, it'll also be free if you already own Rare Replay, which I think is a really cute little like nod to. Oh yeah, this is also a rare game, and they can play that. So that's cool. I, it's good to see it come. I just think that game's aged so much worse uh, than people think. But yeah, th- these were a great batch of Switch Online game games um and i can't remember which batches which ones are coming this year versus the start of next year but either way i'm hyped that's gonna be some great streams and couldn't be happier yay nintendo are actually talking about nintendo switch sports um we're gonna get golf this holiday season that's great they said golf was coming it's coming it looks good i'm excited to play it i really don't have much more to say than that are we are we ever gonna get another switch sport beyond golf 
Um, I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Bro. I don't. I've not checked in, but certainly hype wise, there's not a lot of hype around that game. I'd be shocked if that game has sold particularly well. Um, and I think now that we're into Splatoon 3 world, I think that no one's going to talk about multiplayer games that aren't Splatoon 3, to be honest. So, yeah, it's nice golf is coming, but I think that's the thing Nintendo do now. Like, they give their games one big update and then see ya, move on to the next thing. Um, so I think that's going to be the one big update for Switch Sports. Me and NBZ will have a good time playing some golf. Um, I will, I, I do love golf. Golf is just a great video game sport you know like i think it'll be great in switch sports i hope they add a couple of features but from what we saw looks good i'm hyped fire emblem um what's it called fire emblem engage i was thinking like wow they've actually brought out a nokia engage version of fire emblem no i kid i kid but i am still on my fire emblem break sorry to break the news to everyone but i think that i need more time away from that series otherwise i'm gonna end up picking up engage play 20 hours and then be like yeah i'm good with this game i will say uh, this game didn't look like it had quite as much um character and how do you describe that that um how do you describe the kind of gameplay loop of three houses the basically everything away from the battles in three houses i just got a bit tired of very quickly and this game doesn't look like it necessarily has a ton of that stuff which i think is good because it turns out bally is apparently like a fire emblem traditionalist traditionalist i should say because i quite i really like seven i really liked you know birthright and so I, i don't know i don't know where i'm at with fire emblem i think i'm still on my break um we'll see if this game can convince me but again i think it's going to arrive at a time when i'm probably going to be neck deep in in breath of the wild 2 i see breath of the wild 2 what's it called again kingdom of the king's tears kingdom of tears kingdom kingdom of tears yeah kingdom of tears i'm going to be neck deep in kingdom of tears and probably playing octopath traveler 2 or something so i don't know i just with bally jr here you know long games are a, a dime a dozen and i need to um be careful about which which long games I play and I don't think Fire Emblem Engage on the Nokia is going to make the cut. Harvest Moon or should I say Story of Seasons A Wonderful Life. This was the 3D Harvest Moon that myself and MBZ played growing up on the GameCube nonetheless and wow that was cool to see in 2022 Um, like our first 3D Harvest Moon um, getting a remake which is cool to see it doesn't actually look that good i don't know maybe i'm being harsh maybe i'll still have a really good time and enjoy the nostalgia trip i never actually got that far in a wonderful life is the other point so i could enjoy the nostalgia trip of playing that game and still um you know see the end well i say the end of the game does that game ever end but you like it's a real game where you get older your kid grows up and then i I have a feeling that the kid eventually becomes you and you can continue the loop or something i might be making that up but there's something weird about that game with the kid and growing up and stuff but yeah i i'll hold out and see reviews for that game because i'm not so sure i don't know it is cool nostalgia hit me hard i can't deny that yeah overall there was just so much farming jrpg stuff wasn't there like the amount of like harvest stella um i can't think of all the other games because they all look the same uh i think square enix was involved some other jrpgs like it's the anime like it all just kind of blurs together in my mind a little bit um and it seems those games must sell because they keep on coming so i don't know what's going on 
think it was interesting there was no wind waker uh there was no twilight princess remake there was no metroid prime like i think nintendo are just giving a big old middle finger to all the leakers because those leaks have been like suggested for ages now especially like if you go back and say i think originally metroid prime trilogy was ready for a re-release on switch and that must have been like one of the very first rumors of the of the switch i think it was even back in 2017 i could be wrong but anyway like yeah don't know what's going on really don't know what's going on um Aside from that, there was a ton of great ports to see. I say great ports. These are great games. I don't know if the ports are good. Tunic. Great to see that on Switch. I pray that it can run well. Because that is a fantastic Zelda game that me and MZ played earlier this year. We are now going to talk about that game in Game of the Year for Switch. Assuming it can actually run decently on Switch. Um, I think it's coming out September, which is cool. It Takes Two has been ported to Switch, and it's not like a cloud version, and it looked rough. <laughs> it looked rough. Like, they, they immediately went to, like, the cutscene from the opening of the game. And, like, I actually thought, like, it was one of the first games I actually played on PS5, and it was a really good-looking game. It was like, wow, this looks amazing. And, yeah, I just remind you that there's a really big jump between, like, the Switch and the Series X and the PS5, and that's a shame. Um, it would be good if Nintendo could close that gap sometime soon, but I think it's it's games like It Takes Two that make me really want more power with the Switch. And what I mean by that is, like, It Takes Two at its heart is a platformer, and it's an, it is an incredible cooperative platformer that if you associate a lot of Nintendo fans liking platformers, which is kind of the, the tradition... Um, that game's well suited to a Nintendo platforming audience. Maybe the themes in the game aren't, because that game's got weird themes. It's hard to describe, but it makes me think that, you know, like that. that is, I'm just saying, it's, it makes me think that that's the kind of game that makes me want more power um, in the Switch. Um, so, yeah, can we have a, a more powerful Switch, please, Nintendo? Either Switch, Switch like Pro, or we could go for a Switch 2. Like, one of those would be really greatly appreciated sometime soon Miyamoto appeared um the second he appeared I was like right we're getting the Mario trailer it's coming it's coming and then he kind of talked about it and then he didn't give like a confirmation date or anything and then he's like oh yeah by the way the 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 Mario theme park Universal Nintendo World it's coming to Hollywood so so that's cool we already knew that but that's cool um and I don't know Miyamoto he's kind of now the he's now the non-video game sales guy he's like he's selling all the stuff that intent that aren't to do with video games now which is a bit strange it's like he's the theme park guy he's the he's the guy that they can send to like the premiere premier premiere of the um of the Mario movie you know like I I don't know part of me thinks that the game awards they've got this new award for um what's it called like like best video game adaptation i think so the, the award is called and so you're gonna get to see like sonic 2 there for example or maybe i don't know can't think of it all the other all the other guff that's been produced in the last year but there's gonna be like a tie in is my point and i think like miyamoto might present that award at the game awards and then he can say and now we've rewarded that award for sonic 2 or whatever we can here's the trailer for the new mario film and like so that's like miyamoto's new role in the company it feels like he's just the the cheery old grandfather who's taking Nintendo in unusual 
um, uncharted territory. Um, and I guess theme parks and movies and the Lego that Lego has been promoted a lot, although he, I guess he's not been involved in that promotion quite as, um, visibly as these other two areas but yeah i guess me every time you used to see miyamoto and you're like great we're getting a new mario we're getting a new metroid pikmin's coming these sort of now you see miyamoto and you're like yeah i'm not going to a theme park anytime soon so but that's cool thanks miyamoto okay right moving on but yeah it, it was interesting seeing seeing miyamoto and i you know i'm still hyped for that film i really think there's going to be a trailer like i said at game awards and we'll we'll see final thoughts I think that direct was fantastic. Um, it's it, it had enough. It had the sort of juice of like a mid-summer E3 window direct. And by the fact that we didn't actually get an E3 window direct, um, it really makes up for that. Uh, I think that probably financially for Nintendo, like fall and holiday are like the new summer. It seems with game releases and like all these releases maybe barring like pikmin and i guess breath of the wild 2 breath of the wild, kingdom of tears um is coming out after the financial window in may so but everything else i think is pretty much coming pre-financial year end which is pretty good for nintendo especially seeing as splatoon 3 has already sold like 3.5 million copies in japan which is just insane so i think this directs really just set them up and they already had a stack 2022 the start of 2023 is now looking great zelda is looking great pikmin online is hopefully going to be good great to know that it exists um i didn't think we'd see metroid prime 4 i think the likelihood is we'll probably probably see something at like the end of next year for it to come out in like 2025 would be my guess um but you know, Nintendo have done their job. I think that they have told you why if you don't already own a Switch, you should own a Switch. And they have told you if you already do own a Switch, why you should be happy to be owning a Switch. And that's what these directs are all about. And I am very happy. A lot for me to look forward to. And now you can listen to MBZ talk about Fire Emblem for another half hour. All right. Thanks, Bally, uh, for those thoughts. I actually have no idea what he said because I haven't listened to it or edited it yet. But uh, I'm sure um, I'm sure he loved Fire Emblem particularly and also was very into Fatal Frame. Those were the, probably the two standouts for him. No, of course. Um, well, maybe let's start there because my thought is probably Bally won't have talked about Fire Emblem that much. Uh, and you want to hear some thoughts on Fire Emblem, so let's do that. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, so this is, of course a kind of confirmation of some of the leaks that had happened before the kind of weird red and blue haired protagonist we saw the male version in this trailer but the female version i think had leaked before um and a very bright very colorful art style uh, kind of unlike anything we've seen in a fire emblem game previous to this uh which i think in a lot of ways has thrown some people off um for me i really like it like there's there's a sense of like when you're looking over the battle map it has a very kind of path of radiance vibe to it right like i think three houses has a similar perspective but something about this looking at it gave me a bit of gamecube and wii throwbacks which is is really fun um i think the idea of bringing back spirits bringing back previous characters is very cool obviously i popped off at the beginning when i saw lynn i saw micaiah i saw a bunch of different fire emblem characters in that original opening artwork that they had very weird art style they're going with for that kind of like i'm not sure what period of history or art history they're drawing on but it's certainly different from something i've seen before and and definitely stands out um has a kind of almost ugliness to to those kind of like paintings and murals that they were going through but 
The actual aesthetic is far from that. It is a far more bright and poppy and colourful style. And I think the idea being, this is almost like a an almost similar thing to what they did with Awakening, where in Awakening they obviously had previous characters come back, uh, and there was this link between Lucina and stuff like that, and, and you know, people thought Lucina was Marth and, and, and that type of thing, but this seems much more explicitly built into the plot where you wear these rings and those rings have the spirits of Fire Emblem characters attached to them and then you get to fight alongside them almost like support characters almost like the pair-up mechanic from Awakening and from Fates but slightly different Um, and it'll be interesting to see are characters tied specifically to those spirits? Can you switch them over? Can you change? You know, if I wanted to give Selica to the main character as opposed to the lady she's already paired with, is that possible? But yeah, really nice to see some characters. I was worried it was going to be like, oh, it's Marth and, you know, Sigurd and just people from, like, the older games. But we, we see Selica, uh, who obviously in, in the second game, which has obviously got remade, um, it looks like Lynn is going to be in there. I'm pulling for Hector, guys. I'm re- Hopefully, this big boy with his axe is going to come back through. Uh, I would love to see that. But yeah, feels like they're probably going to pull from i guess main protagonists from series they might go a little bit in depth um but it's a really cool idea and you know like thinking about what three houses did it feels like there's they're touching on a little bit of that from what i saw it it seems like there's a little bit of like wandering around an area there's a um almost like a I don't know if it's going to be a school or if it's going to be some kind of hub area or some kind of, like, place where you just hang out and chill with people and, you know, do cutscenes and, you know, support conversations. But I do feel that there's going to be something um, something fun happening there. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the game looks really nice. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some pushback from certain people in the community. But, uh, you know, no matter what a Fire Emblem game is, I'm always going to be interested on some level. And I think it has a lot going for it. And I, I also think there's been a bit of a marked improvement in terms of the animation quality. Like, you look at some of the close quarters combat where they kind of zoom in on it, and really nice fluid animations, um, a really clean, crisp style. And I think, in a way, it will look better or age better than Three Houses because it's going for something a bit more poppy in anime in in its aesthetic. And um, I don't know, I feel like I don't have as high hopes for the story in this one, given that it's leaning into that side a bit more. But I could be wrong, could be proved wrong, and and we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, already very interested. And I mean, like, it's coming in January. 20th of Jan is very soon. Like, that's only a handful of months away. So we're really, really close to getting a new Fire Emblem game and... Yeah, I think that there's there's lots more for them to reveal about it and to find out, but I think from a kind of opening gambit that they've they've gone here with, which is like, you know, we're going to bring back old characters, they're going to be more integrated into the story, I think that's a smart thing to do um, of like you just have to find a way to differentiate every time that this series comes out and um, I don't know, there, there are you you can like maybe criticize it in the sense that the series has navel nasal gazed uh, a bunch in the past um navel gazed i guess uh with awakening and with certain other games in the franchise but um i don't know it feels like because we've brought on a brand new audience with three houses it's like there's kind of like two phases of the fandom right like or three if you wanted to count like the original gba game coming out which is like people like me um awakening bring on a brand new audience and then three houses bring on an even wider audience so in some senses it's a nice bit of a history lesson for people who jumped on in three houses and are interested in continuing on with the series um to to kind of get a good perspective on what's going on so yeah very much looking forward to fire emblem engage last thing though the name um i think the name is really bad like the thing about when i hear engage you know what i think of I think of that moment at E3 at the Ubisoft press conference where Aisha Tyler sits down next to that Ubisoft uh, cosplayer. He's cosplaying, I think, 
Jacob from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. That's the London one, right? He's in a top hat, all that stuff. It's the most awkward conversation ever. And Aisha Tyler's like, oh yeah, let's let's pitch a meme, let's pitch a meme. Um, something like Star Trek. And then he goes, well, if, if it's uh, Picard, uh, engage. And he just like says engage in like the most awkward way possible. And Aisha Tyler just like looks around like, I don't know if I can save this. But it was just, it was the most awkward awkward this is why we don't have it in person e3s anymore because it was a fucking nightmare but if i see the word engage that is the first thing i think about and so i'm sorry fire emblem but you've just ruined that for me uh, i'm sorry but i think this is not a very good name it also feels like a little sci-fi which i wonder if that plays into the story at all is there going to be sci-fi elements it seems very like medieval and historic from what we've seen in terms of gameplay stuff so who knows but uh anyway uh fire emblem engage uh i will be engaging uh in conversation about it at the start of next year so i uh, very much look forward to chatting about that um what do i want to jump to next uh there's a lot of stuff that got announced here that i think is cool um i think that it's time for redemption um octopath traveler now everyone who listens to this podcast has a big history uh knowing that bally and i's back and forth on octopath traveler and whether it's good or not and whether we uh you know what, what we agree or disagree about it which you know very agree on the music and the combat less agree on the kind of like structure and and the kind of storytelling and stuff like that which i think there's a possibility for octopath traveler 2 which got announced to really remedy and fix a lot of those issues you know like i think what they showed looked gorgeous uh, of course like any 2d hd game they do these days they really are just like a cavalcade of them nintendo has just like a big old uh i guess square enix has a big old kind of like box of them to ready to go um dragon quest 3 still doesn't have a release date and yet octopath travel i guess it's february they already gave it a date so already We've got Fire Emblem in January, Octopath 2 in February. Uh, we'll get to Zelda in a second, but that's May. Like, my God, like, they, they're they already stacking up 2023 with a, a big lineup. And if you look at the rest of the games industry, you know, we've got Starfield coming out. Um, we've got, like, a bunch of other things getting delayed into the first half of next year for Spoken. Like, tons of things happening. It's going to be, if things come out, which usually when Nintendo announce release dates, as opposed to other companies, usually those games end up coming out. It's going to be a wild year, uh, I think. It's going to be... Your wallets are going to be flowing, bleeding, whatever... Uh, thing you want to apply to i think it's going to be pretty insane um but yeah octopath traveler 2 looking really good um as soon as the music kicked in i was like ah yes i remember why i like this game um and i i do hope that they take a more kind of zoomed out approach to it and like rethink it a little bit i don't have high hopes for that if i'm honest because like in this trailer they're pointing out like well this time those actions that you could do before those like those very like uh i don't know underwhelming like character class actions where you in a town you could like talk to someone and like trade with them if you were the merchant or whatever and like none of those or steal from them if you were you know the thief none of those were very interesting and one of the bullet points in this trailer is oh yeah now you can do different ones at night instead of day and i'm like if that's the kind of change we're talking about that's not really like the large structural change i want to see from octopath which i mean it's kind of the problem when you call your series octopath is that you almost you're almost locked into the very idea at the beginning that you have to have these eight characters um doing their separate journey separate paths my big hope is that they find a way to actually make a cohesive narrative out of this right if like you have the individual stories but you're able to take those characters together and have them go on a journey that can focus on their individual tales but allows them to also have the central narrative that actually ties them all together that would be ideal right and i think you could really make something special from that 
I'm going to say my hopes are not high. Square Enix, when it comes to stuff like this, tend to not listen to feedback, um, and I don't know that they're going to change because, you know, I think the first game was a big enough success, and, you know, they have had feedback from the demos, but usually the feedback from the demos is always really weirdly implemented and i don't know i'm sure there will be a demo for this just like square enix has done with so many of their previous games but um yeah i definitely like the vibe of it i like the world that they're introducing and all the characters seem very different and new and um yeah it continues to just be a style of game that i'm always going to be up for right anything 2d 3d or sorry 2d hd is going to be a bit of my jam and i'm going to be interested no matter what so i'm looking forward to it um and it'll be a nice kind of start of the year thing to to dive into um hopefully i will have finished fire emblem by the time it comes out because man release day is getting close together it's going to be pretty tough to uh to map out your calendar and, and play everything that you want to so we shall see but um yeah, I don't know. I, again, it's weird that Dragon Quest Three has been announced for longer than, like, most of these get. Like, I think Triangle Strategy, Live Alive, and Octopath 2 have all been announced since Dragon Quest Three. I mean, I guess we should expect it, right? Dragon Quest Eleven was the first Switch game to be announced when the system was still called NX. So, unsurprisingly, Dragon Quest, uh, I don't know, takes a while to happen. I think part of it is, um, you know, Dragon Quest Three uh, being part of their dragon quest event they have like an annual dragon quest event where they always announce a bunch of stuff and that's where they announce dragon quest 12 and like you know it's almost like they just needed content for that event and uh, that's all they had so they're like well by the way we're working on dragon quest 3 remake even though likely i would assume octopath traveler 2 had been in long in development long before dragon quest 3 remake but because they wanted to show something for the dragon quest event they probably showed it off early so i think that's just a case of square enix just going a bit early with dragon quest 3 remake um i imagine they would have liked to have a shorter marketing cycle on that one but because of the whole dragon quest event it kind of forced their hand so anyway in any case we have more hd 2d stuff coming so wonderful news uh, really like that uh okay i guess we didn't get a lot on it but okay i have to talk about like the lead up to the pikmin section right because first of all you get me and my own say so already you're like okay well are we gonna talk about chris pratt is he gonna show up is he gonna do a stupid voice um are we gonna get a trailer for the mario movie i don't know miyamoto these days i think a scary inclusion in a nintendo direct for a few reasons but mainly because he doesn't really do games anymore like if we think about the position that he has at the company it's more in the role of a creative fellow which is like hey miyamoto go go and talk to all these other people in other industries do your weird theme park thing do your weird like film thing don't do games anymore kind of deal which i think in some ways is good because i don't know miyamoto eh, we can talk about his track record but like his more recent uh contributions probably not like amazing in the game space um you know a lot of what he's talked about with paper mario and stuff in the past a lot of people eh, not a big fan of what he kind of introduces his kind of like anti-story agenda let's say with nintendo games um so yeah it's always scary when miyamoto pops up because either it's like i have a new star fox game and it's gonna be the same thing as before and it won't have changed because i'm still in charge and i'm not gonna change it or it's like we're talking about movies and theme parks which he did briefly he mentioned the movie and theme park stuff but ultimately he was like hey guys 
Have you heard of this game? It's called Pikmin Bloom. Now, let me tell you, I know you're all sleeping on it. But Pikmin Bloom is a pretty, pretty good game. Uh, and uh, let, Just give me two, three minutes. Just three minutes of your time. Let me just explain to you why Pikmin Bloom... I, I go to Tokyo. I, look at this park I walk in. It's really nice. You know, maybe you should all go outside, guys. Like that. It was really the energy coming from Miyamoto was like, look, you motherfuckers. Why are you not playing Pikmin Bloom? This is the thing that I made. This is my, my thing that I want you to love. Um, it felt really weird and odd. Not only because it's a mobile game as part of Nintendo's presentation, but also Pikmin Bloom's been out for like over a year. And, you know, it's not done amazing, but also it's not really a game. It's more just a, you know, it's a fun thing to screw around with when you're walking around. Like I remember walking around London with it last year and, you know, I went for lunch after work and or like in the middle of work and I would walk to like the the walk place and I would like get, get some noodles for lunch, right? And while I'm waiting for my order, I'm going through Pikmin Bloom, you know, I'm seeing some flowers are planted. I'm like, oh, what, what map did I walk? And I guess the funniest thing about Pikmin Bloom for me is I usually have this walk to my park um, and the walk to my park because of the shape of it, the, the way I get there and the way I come back, um, when you look at that walk on the Pikmin Bloom app, it looks like I've just drawn a dick because it's basically a long line that I go in like two circles and then I come back at the end and it, it yeah, it just looks like a penis. Um, so that's what the funnest thing about Pikmin Bloom is that my walk to the park often looked like a phallic symbol uh, and, you know, that's great. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. This just felt a little off to me and it might just be one of those things where Nintendo's like, look, got to get Pikmin Bloom back on tra- track, so let's do a bit of an ad for it in the middle. And I think also to maybe pad out the segment, because ultimately they didn't have a lot to show of Pikmin 4, so, you know, it makes sense. But Pikmin 4, hooray! Oh my goodness, I went and looked up the article from back in the day where Miyamoto in an interview had been like, yes, Pikmin 4 is almost done, even though they'd not announced anything. Um, I think, to be honest, you know, like that was probably some kind of mistranslation and he was talking about the 2D platforming Pikmin thing that we had seen in the past uh, and that was the thing that we were actually going to be kind of um, talking about. But uh, but yeah, you know, finally they're doing it. They're finally making a Pikmin 4, which is great news. I mean, Pikmin 3, one of the best Wii U games. Um, I would argue probably better on Wii U than it is on Switch just because of the gamepad functionality, the Wiimote functionality, uh, you know, I will say the best motion controls in any game I've ever played. I think Pikmin 3's motion controls are absolutely sublime and like the ultimate and best way to play that game. Um, you know, it took me a while to get to the series, but, you know, uh, Bally has been shouting on, from the rooftops about Pikmin for years and years. And, you know, I'm really glad that I played 3 because I think it is legitimately one of nintendo's best games like it is is a fantastic game and i think the learnings they have from that as well as like i don't know really how well pikmin 3 sold on switch probably decently not amazing i would imagine but um it feels like they probably were looking at that as like a way to approach it and i think miyamoto was talking about adapting the controls a bit more making this the ultimate kind of pikmin experience so um i'm really looking forward to it he uh he almost like talked about the perspective a little bit, showed off one screenshot where you could see Olimar from the ground and you see the Pikmin from the ground level. And Pikmin has always been a series that's a bit more kind of zoomed out so that you get that almost RTS perspective where you can survey the field and be able to see things around you. I wonder if this means a bit of a change in direction because if you're changing the perspective to be on the ground that fundamentally kind of changes the gameplay and and what you're doing so i'm really interested to see how they handle it but um yeah not a lot to show just a brief kind of teaser trailer um looks very lush and gorgeous and kind of what you would expect from a pikmin game so i am i'm thrilled that there's a new one i think that there should be um some excitement uh, around that hopefully uh, because uh you know 
the Switch has always kind of boosted games in franchises that have previously not done amazing. I think Pikmin is primed for a big coming out party to for more people, a wider audience to say, hey, this thing is great, you know? More people need to realize that Pikmin is basically a Metroid game in disguise, all right? Like, as soon as I realized that, I was like, all right, well, I'm in. Uh, this thing's great. Um, fantastic series. Uh, and, you know, uh, playing a bit of Tinykin at the moment, which has, like, some Pikmin vibes to it. But it just doesn't have, have the same kind of, like, Pikmin, you know, puzzle solving and stuff like that, which I really, really liked. And the kind of, like, day-night cycle and all of the management stuff. It's really fluid, really, really smart. So looking forward to Pikmin 4. In 2023, they said, as well, which I would imagine, looking at the calendar, probably, like, sounds like a September-August game to me. Um, could potentially go a bit later. But it also doesn't sound big enough to be their holiday title, right? My thought is next year, we're going to have a big Mario game as a holiday title, especially if Zelda is coming in May. So, uh, yes. Well, maybe let's talk about Zelda, because that's the, the last kind of, like, major massive thing, I think, out of this event. And, um, hey, it's The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom? All right, well, I guess they did say that there's going to be some kind of, like, hint to the story or something about what's going on with the title, which is why they hadn't announced it up to this point, which, um, I don't know if that tells us anything? I'm not sure. There's definitely ways which we can read into it, you know, the the idea that Link is, in fact, a teardrop almost, because he, like, absorbs through surfaces he's like liquid in a way because like the previous trailers we've seen him go up and into all the stuff and then kind of like squeezing through and squeezing out and i don't know this feels like a striptease ass striptease right we have barely seen any full proper gameplay of this game whatsoever it's just like bits and bursts and starts and pieces here and there tiny little like looks at what this game is going to be i would say if you put all the footage together, we probably have less than two or three minutes, like, total of, you know, I'm still call it Breath of the Wild 2 footage, no, Tears of the Kingdom footage. Um, I, I'd say the most interesting thing from this is some kind of aerial traversal, uh, which Bally and I have always talked in the past about loft wings being a cool thing that they could bring back, but it seems like they're going a lot more sci-fi because it's like kind of lands on this almost weird metal glider that's that's going through the air and i mean like the scope of this game feels like it's going to be absolutely enormous right you have the entirety of the sky with a whole kingdom up there alongside the whole map from the first game um you know the ability to traverse through land and sky using this glider to to get between them it feels like it is a big undertaking and you know anuma has already previously said that there's going to be a huge amount of, you know, um, kind of further places to go than just the sky. So, like, we're speculating, are we going underground? Does that make sense? Um, is there any other locations that we're able to go to? I'm not sure. Uh, I do think that this game, it, it feels, you can see it a little bit in the footage, but it does feel like, uh, man, we're just, like, we're, we're still on the edge of, like, Switch hardware and, like, capability and pushing it. And, like, if we're going to the sky, if we're going on the ground and underground and all these places, I don't know, May? Does May line up with a potential new piece of hardware? You know, throwing it out there, but we have no idea. I'm, I'm sure that's possible. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of speculation videos. The nice thing about the Zelda community and about these little clips is that even though we barely get a look, we get, like, tiny little itty little little bits of footage there's always someone going in there doing the deep dive doing the analysis of like what are the weird hylian letters say that are going out of ganon's dead corpse right like 
people in the Zelda community are dedicated and detailed, and I look forward to watching all of their analysis videos, breaking down this, what, 30 seconds of footage that we have uh, from this Tears of the Kingdom trailer. Um, yeah, it's more of a name reveal, I would say, than a trailer. I wouldn't say we have yet got a full trailer, quote-unquote, for this game, and my feeling is, if it's coming out in May, well, the Game Awards is happening in December... Feels like if Nintendo wanted to give old Papa Keeley a little bit of juice, then a nice stonking Zelda trailer for the Game Awards would make sense. Now, it's not too far away. It's about three months or so. Um, and then you think five months out from that is the release. There's going to be a... I, they will definitely do like a Zelda dedicated direct alongside probably a bunch of Treehouse streams uh, with it. Um, so... They've got a tight timeline here, right? We're we're very, very close. It's less than a year to this game coming out now, which is extremely exciting, and actually sooner than I thought it would be. I think our expectations were, you know, if we don't see it here, then it's probably end of next year. But we did see it here, and it's kind of start of next year, like, uh, still first half, I guess, in May, which, um, you know, that's, that's a better outcome than I could have expected, if I'm honest. So, you know, uh, I think... I think everyone else should get out of the way, basically. Whenever, whenever Breath... I keep calling it Breath of the Wild 2. Nintendo have done this to us. It's so hard to break out of it. Tears of the Kingdom. T-O-K. Tok. We will now forever know it as Zelda Tok. Uh, that, is, that is what it shall be called. Um, it's going to be weird seeing that abbreviated on, on forums and such. I guess it's Totka, technically, if you want to include the O-T. Because every time people write Breath of the Wild, it's B-O-T-W. So this is T-O-T-K. Uh, so... Totka, it shall be known forth as. So, looking forward to some Totka uh, next year in 2023. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say about it. I'm glad that we saw it again. I'm glad that we finally have a name to refer it to as, even if I will continue myself to keep saying Breath of the Wild 2 nonstop. Um, I guess the only other interesting thing is it kind of starts off with like a mural again, like recalling Wind Waker somewhat, but also recalling some of the mural things we saw in the original Breath of the Wild, um, showing like a clasped hand between a Zelda-like figure and Link-like figure, you know, big doors opening, um, you know, jumping off a, a high thing onto the ground. There's not a lot, if I'm honest, you know, we're kind of scrapping here, Nintendo. You have the big block kind of almost reversing itself up into the sky, but I'm trying to trying to get as much detail as I can, so... Anyway, uh, so those were kind of the major things. A uh, lot of smaller things as well. Lots of stuff that I was really interested in. Um, we got a another look at Bayonetta 3, which is looking good. Uh, I don't know. Nintendo has a weird marketing cycle for Bayonetta 3, mainly because it feels like they're not confident in showing it in these presentations. And uh, what I want to shout out is that there is, in fact, a full gameplay video that is, for some reason, just on the Nintendo UK channel. Is this because the Queen died and they they had to do it on video on demand, so they gave Nintendo an exclusive Bayonetta video? I have no idea. But the video does have full British voiceover from an English dude, so I guess this would have had to be done quite a long in advance, probably before the Queen died, so I don't know. But um, it, it, it looks great. Like, if you watch that gameplay, like, I don't know, Nintendo should be far more confident in the quality of this game, because, like, it seems extremely smooth, um, like, plays really nicely, and as someone who, you know hadn't played Bayonetta before and then like got sucked in with Bayonetta 2 I'm extremely excited for this game I think it looks fantastic like they're showing off some stuff with the transformations where you can become these different enemies and the spider for example you can turn into the spider and this spider has like a, a kind of like web that you can use to swing from things there's a bit of platforming involved you can like climb up walls and things like really interesting added layers to the design that are being thrown in here with these kind of 
weird demon abilities that she has and the ability to turn into other characters and um oh, sorry play as other characters but turn into these other monsters uh viola seems very cool as well very um very virgil to be she's she is the virgil to be as dante i would say uh so yeah also viola has a giant a cheshire cat a demon cheshire cat that she just lets loose uh so if you want to you can just have a cheshire cat who's also a demon fight alongside you pretty fucking cool um it's also funny it's just one of those funny things because i think the story of bayonetta is just garbage fucking nonsense it is just you don't need to pay attention to it it's just the characters are flamboyant and great but the story is just like nonsensical and they were like okay yeah we've included this one button mode which they did on wii u um with like the switch uh, sorry with the touch controls as well as just you know easy one button controls um and they're like you know we implemented this if you just want to press a button and enjoy the story and i just i just find the notion of enjoying the bayonetta story a very funny thing but maybe that's just me i think it is absurd on every level but uh yeah bayonetta 3 looking really nice really really nice um nintendo love kirby i don't fuck know why but apparently they're remaking the wii game return to dreamland um so that's coming out next year as well but uh i guess sure like kirby is just like you got to have at least three Kirby games announced every year. Um, it's unfair otherwise on every other franchise. There's, there is a there is a three or four to one ratio for Kirby games to all other Nintendo franchises, um, and that is just how it is. That's just how it's going to be. Um, so that's cool. I guess the N sixty four stuff is pretty cool. Um, I like that they are doing more N sixty four games. However, I would have i know i'm hypocritical for saying this because like my my whole critique of nintendo is they they do one system and then they move on from it but like i would have liked to see game boy game boy advance games like seemingly those have been ready for a while and they're not being done but um i don't know with the limited amount of n64 games that we're getting and these are going to be like they're going to be drip fed throughout the rest of this year and into next year and three of them are mario party games back to back it's just kind of like okay maybe we could have broken those up a bit more but that said pokemon stadium and stadium 2 hell yes love the mini games in those play those growing up those are great pilot wing 64 awesome like always wanted to try that great game to check out same with, same with 1080 snowboarding and excite bike obviously like these all fall into categories where like pilot wings snowboarding and excite bike are all kind of like sports games we've got the three mario party games we've got two pokemon games so i think just from a variety perspective it's a little frustrating you know where's ogre battle right where's ogre battle 64 like that's a interesting niche game that not many people will have played there's also a deep meaty tactics game right like i think that there are some deeper cuts that we can go for obviously there's probably some rights issues there with you know um i think it's square who who works on that franchise but like it, i feel like we could go a bit for more for the deeper cuts like, i'm not asking for glover or nothing right i'm not going crazy here don't want some weird glove man coming on my street but you know push the bow out a little bit i guess the big thing here being goldeneye right goldeneye finally coming out um and uh it's a weird thing because it's coming to xbox as well but the multiplayer is exclusive to nintendo so i mean there's there's must have been like i can't even imagine the the contract negotiation the talks between all the different parties to make this align to make this work so it's going to have some weirdness somewhere and it turns out the weirdness is that only on switch online can you play multiplayer with people over the internet whereas on xbox you can only do it local which doesn't make any fucking sense uh, but you know cross play would be great for this game but uh apparently that's probably the stipulation that nintendo had was like if we're going to get microsoft to have it then we have to have this fun thing for ourselves so classic nintendo ruining the party for everybody but you know it's goldeneye uh, and people love goldeneye and um 
I think that game has aged remarkably poorly, uh, and it will probably give me motion sickness if I try and play it. Um, but, you know, it, it is the foundation for, like, multiplayer shooters, right? Like, it really is. When you talk about console stuff, Halo obviously refined and made it, but GoldenEye is the starting point. When you think about people back in the day playing online, sorry, not online, but couch co-op, couch multiplayer, um, you know, versus against your friends for players split screen two players split screen however you want to do it i had that experience with nightfire if i'm honest on gamecube that's really where my my james bond love comes from is nightfire on gamecube which was you know good fun and, and similar to goldeneye and i think it has aged better than goldeneye if i'm honest so uh, let's get a nightfire reboot that's what i'm talking about but um yeah it's good it's good that it's coming um i am happy that goldeneye finally gets live day maybe perfect dark is just around the corner but who knows because microsoft have a bit more control over that ip could be a little bit trickier um yeah and then there's a bunch of other things that got announced okay well here's let's talk about the other thing right the thing that probably got me to pop off the most in this direct that i don't know unless you are the specific person who played this back in the day that you would pop off for but story of seasons a wonderful life holy shit Th this is the harvest moon. this is my harvest moon right if we talk about why do i love stardew valley how did i get into that game in the first place it is all a debt owed to harvest moon a wonderful life on gamecube the music of that game the nostalgia the characters oh my god i absolutely fucking love a wonderful life it's so so good beautiful game such chill vibes really really lovely and obviously you know the whole natsume thing and the rights issues it now has the story of seasons moniker in the west because of all that nonsense but it is a remake of a wonderful life and like as soon as i saw that character as soon as i saw like the way he ages as well i was like oh my god right because you have the kid and then you get old but then like i remember the whole anyone who played this game will remember the spice trick where you could get this specific spice and you could like duplicate it a bunch and then you could sell it for like mad cash you could get so much money by selling the spice um and i remember doing that a bunch but like that whole town the, i can see it in my brain like the the entire village and like you you try and court these three girls and you have the three options and like there's the whole like hill up the hill where you could go there if you wanted to connect to the game boy game um Oh my goodness, a wonderful life. What a delightful game. Absolutely loved it. Will I play this remake? I don't know. Maybe, you know, I've been wanting to go back to that game for a long, long time. So if this provides like a solid version, a really nice remake of it, you know, I'd definitely be open for, for trying it and, and checking it out. But um, it's just exciting that it's coming back. Like this is a real big part of my childhood, um, a wonderful life. So I am, um, I'm really thrilled that that game is getting a new lease on life. Um, it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, so that's great some other switch games coming along that i'm interested in uh stuff obviously that has been on other platforms great to see stuff like it takes two and tunic come to switch uh, i think that will probably affect bally and mine uh game of the year discussions if tunic is in the running uh you know obviously we played that early in the year on uh, xbox and pc but if it's coming to switch and it's a good version i think that's definitely um grounds for us to discuss that game a bit further when it comes to that discussion so we'll see how we feel about that but um other stuff like sifu uh, obviously some of these bigger games that came to other platforms earlier finally showing up on switch albeit less impressive versions like you can see the jank you can see the, the age of the system we've talked about it a million times but like yeah it's a little unfortunate but i'm glad that they're coming instead of not coming right it's it's, it's better for these games to get more exposure for them to find a different audience on switch than for them to not exist at all so that's great um they're putting out radiant silver gun it's apparently available today fucking hell man that's cool um hell of a shoot a hell of a classic shmup that a lot of people love so yeah cool to see radiant silver gun and tales of symphonia my goodness a gamecube classic um i played 
about 30 hours of Tales of Vesperia. And I didn't love that game, if I'm honest. I know a lot of people love Tales of Vesperia, but it didn't quite do it for me. And I'm wondering, is it a Tales thing? Is it just like old Tales games I'm not going to like? Because I've been wanting to play Tales of Symphonia since I saw it in O&M or like Nintendo Official Magazine back when I was a kid in like, I don't know, when I, when I had a GameCube, right? So I've always been delighted by the art style and the visual look of Symphonia. The, the big question to call in is, obviously on PC, the version of Tales of Symphonia that we have on PC is a little compromised it's a 30 fps lock uh it's just not very good version you know in the tradition of like rpgs on pc from japanese companies just not very well optimized so i don't know if this is based on that version or if it's a brand new remastered version of tales of symphonia my guess is they're doing the lazy thing and it's just based on the pc version which means it probably has all the problems that come along with that without the ability to mod them out of the version so yeah probably a bit frustrating and i'm, sh- I'm sure that's gonna be the case but hey it's good that tales of symphonia comes back in some form because it's a good video game according to a lot of people um also got a release date for crisis core final fantasy 7 which i don't know if that had been confirmed for switch i think it probably had by this point um obviously that was originally a psp game uh so it's nice to see it being ported to switch and i think it will work on that system quite nicely um it's coming out on my birthday december 13th so i guess i'm gonna have to buy that for myself uh, and figure out what the hell is going on with zach and his friends uh prior to final fantasy 7 i always heard good things about crisis core so very interested in checking that one out um a nice surprise with theater rhythm final fantasy uh a game which i bought on my 3ds panicking thinking it would be lost to time forever um and uh and now they're just gonna put it on switch so that's great seems like a new version though seems like a brand new game with different songs and different stuff and um music from a bunch of other square enix titles we've got near music in there hell fucking yes near has an excellent soundtrack so putting that in a rhythm game is fantastic news live alive octopath music like megalomania my friends oh my goodness that will be so much fun to play uh with theater rhythm but i do want to pick up uh my 3ds and play through some theater rhythm uh in the near future so maybe i'll have some impressions on the show for that later down the line um that will be very very cool so yeah looking forward to uh to some more music from final fantasy because you know it's one of those uh one of those games where it's probably the biggest uh biggest thing that makes people stick with it with nostalgia over the years is how good all those soundtracks are um and yeah, I want to say that's probably most things. There are a few other little stuff thrown in there. Um, I'm really curious. That you, you can tell me, you Uchikoshi and Kodaka fans, right? Like Danganronpa and Zero Escape fans. I know these two men, they're extremely talented, but it seems like whenever they do stuff together, World's End Club, you know, stuff like that doesn't quite go the way you want it to. Seems like not a very good game. So please tell me should i care about rain code is it something i should be interested in should i be getting excited about this weird child detective who seemingly has a question mark for a hairline like i guess it's weird fucking shit going on with this dude but this master detective archives rain code hit me up on twitter or whatever let me know should i care about should i be excited because people have been disappointed they've been let down before you know uchikoshi and kodaka brilliant minds brilliant writers amazing twists in their own individual games when they come together to make a game together doesn't seem like they can do it but maybe they can with this one my heart is hoping for it because you know any kind of spiritual successor to danganronpa uh, or that style of visual novel i am going to be there for so that's my hope it's my hope um and yeah, uh, I guess they're doing updates. They're doing updates for Mario Strikers. They're doing updates for Mario Kart 8. Uh, we're getting uh, Peach Gardens. Good good track from DS. Like it. Not amazing, but a good track. Uh, and also Nintendo Switch Sports getting a free golf update, which has been delayed until 
the holiday, I guess, is what they said. They said, um, maybe they said, like, fall before, but now it's, like, real end of the year. So I'm guessing that'll just be, like, I don't know, a random day in December. They'll be like, anyway, you can play golf with your friends now. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, I think that just about covers it for everything I'm interested in. Um, I guess if we're talking about Xenoblade stuff specifically, that, that new blade just looks like just looks like a bunch of Monado. Like, okay, the other day I tweeted about, I tweeted out this image of Shulk, and Shulk was just made of Monados. And I'm like, oh, that was funny. And I'm like, oh, I think they just took that meme and made it into a character because it's just, it's just like she's just made out of Monados. I don't know. It's really bizarre. Um, but, you know, with how much I love Xenoblade 3 and how good those hero quests are, I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna buy that expansion pass now. You get 30 Nopon coins, silver Nopon coins. They're a bit of a pain to farm for, and I kind of want to level up, you know, some stuff. So, I don't know. I might, I might just get the expansion pass now and continue to put more hours into Xenoblade 3 because I'm a madman and that game is incredible. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Um, and yeah, Front Mission. They're doing Front Mission remakes. I've never played Front Mission, but I like tactic stuff. So that's on my radar. But let's say overall, that's it. Um, lots of good stuff in there. Really, really good. You know, I've seen some people's reactions and some people are kind of lower on it than others. Some people are higher. It's that same Nintendo thing, right? Where like they really, and this is how it's always going to be and has been for a while. If you don't like JRPGs, if you don't like, you know, farming sims, I guess in this case, you're, you're always going to be a little bit disappointed, I think, by Nintendo Directs because like, you know, I don't know. I was Not to call me blah, but I was watching kind of funny and I was like, this Tim Gettys guy, he's supposed to be like into Nintendo. And he's like, uh, you know, Pikmin, not for me. Splatoon, not for me. Uh, you know, Advance Wars, not for me. Uh, this new Fire Emblem, I guess, not for me, even though he likes Fire Emblem. Um, Animal Crossing, not for me. I'm like, do you only care about Mario and Zelda? Is that, are you a Nintendo fan for just Mario and Zelda? Like, I don't know, it kind of baffled me. There's, there's, there's quite a few people out there who have that opinion and like, it's totally okay. But, um, I don't know we talk about it a lot, but it's, it's just it's just weird when when people are like, I love Nintendo, and then they have this very thin, very narrow idea of what of the kind of Nintendo that they like. When there's such a broad, diverse uh, kind of like output from the company, um, and yeah, I'm I'm very glad for that. I think it it's great. They've they've got a lot of really cool stuff here, um, and super excited for next year and uh, and you know some games that are coming. As well as, you know, the potential for more stuff to be announced. I very much feel that we will get a Mario Odyssey 2 or a new 3D platformer from the EPD Tokyo team at some point. Probably announced in a February Direct, if I were to imagine. Um, so I think that's going to happen next year. Uh, and, and we'll see. We'll see if they are able to uh, to pull it off. But um, yes, uh, that is going to close it out for this bonus bumper little episode-a-thon from yours truly as well as Bally. Uh, thank you to Bally for getting the time from away from his baby to record this little nugget uh, as well. And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, uh, with our next main show in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, thank you all for listening. Uh, obviously, if this is your first episode, if you haven't heard us before, then you can follow us in lots of different places. We're on uh, Twitter, at TNL Podcast. Uh, you can find me at LordMBZ. You can find Bally at BallyMan91. Uh, you can email the show, um, thisnintendolife at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on podcast services all over the globe. Just search for This Nintendo Life. You should find us. And uh, yeah, appreciate all the support. Uh, we will see you uh, next time. See you soon.